0: You're listening to Puma Podcast.
1: This episode was made possible with the support of Hershey's. Together, let's make the invisible visible. Celebrate unsung sheroes. Celebrate Hershey.
0: So the final match started. She just like threw me to the ground. I fell. She took my back and she was already choking me. (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening? I prayed. I started hearing my teammates, my coaches, and I just, I got the strength to escape the choke and I recovered like an attacking position. From being choked, I was able to choke my opponent and won gold in that competition. I'm Siege Tentanko, Puma
1: Podcast, and from all of us at Go Hard Girls, Happy Women's Month! Our guest today is a champion on and off the mat. She has brought home three gold medals from the International Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Federation World Championships and another two golds from the Jiu Jitsu International Federation World Championships. But beyond these awards, What sets her apart is how she has used her platform to advocate for abused children in the Philippines.
0: Hi everyone, I'm Meggy Ochoa. I am a jiu-jitsu national athlete from the Philippines. Um, I recently won the World Championship last 2022, currently in Thailand for another competition. And um, my faith is the most important part of who I am. I am a Christian and I do everything for the glory of God.
1: Hi, Maggie. Hello. Hello, all the way. Jan, in Bangkok. What's your year been like ever since you won the World Championship? How has life changed?
0: Honestly, I don't even think it has sunken in until now. It's probably the biggest year of my career this year. Around January, we had the national team trials. I won that. That's why I'm going to the SEA Games. And um, after the SEA Games, there's two other major competitions, the Asian Games and the Asian Indoor Martial Arts Games, and
1: many others in between. When it comes to martial arts, many Filipinos might know about Taekwondo, which focuses on punches and kicks. Or Judo, which involves throwing and grappling techniques. But it might be hard for the general public to define just what jiu-jitsu is. It's understandable, jiu-jitsu isn't offered as a sport in most schools, and there aren't televised competitions in the Philippines. So we asked meggy to break it
0: down for us. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it actually does not have striking. So there are no punches, there are no kicks, it's more focused on grappling. So the two people, basically, in a match, they start standing up. In most martial arts, once an opponent falls down on the ground, that's it. The person on top wins. But here in Jiu-Jitsu, that's pretty much just the start of the match. You can actually um, still win a match even if you're the one that's on the bottom. And I think that's one of the most beautiful aspects of the sport. There's a lot that you can learn from it. Like, even in situations that seem impossible, uh, you can still escape and you can still, like, turn the match around because you can win by a submission. And I think that uh, this martial art also is quite unique because you don't have to be big and strong to do it. Um, It's really more about technique rather than strength and power.
1: Maggie didn't just find beauty and deep meaning in jiu-jitsu. She built a successful career in it. And in less than 10 years, she has become a force to reckon with. She won gold in the IBJJF World Championship in 2014 as a white belt, then in 2015 and 2016 as a blue belt. She also bagged the top prize at the 2016 Asian Beach Games, where she represented the country as a national athlete for the first time. Then again at the 2017 Asian Indoor and Martial Arts Games. Meggie took home bronze at the 2018 Asian Games of the Jiu-Jitsu Asian Union. Then, claimed the gold again at the Jiu-Jitsu International Federation World Championship that same year. Then, at the SEA Games in 2019, Meggie won one of the Philippines' five golds in Jiu-Jitsu. And the latest of Meggie's achievements? Another gold medal, this time from the 7th Asian Jiu-Jitsu Championship held in Bangkok just a few days after our interview all of that in 10 years is incredible but a lot of people might be surprised to know that this wasn't your first sport you tried many things how did you get exposed to you know so much movement and physical activity as a child
0: i have my parents to thank because they actually enrolled me in ballet i remember i started ballet maybe i was only like what three or five years old I stopped and then I started again at seven years old and then I did it for uh, seven years. I loved ballet as a child. I thought I was going to do it for good, but I think I got exposed to sports because of my brother and my friends who were doing football. I joined football in high school, but I was actually a very insecure um, kid, (laughs) so I didn't think I was good enough in college i did track and field instead because my sister was doing track and field i didn't really win medals in track and field but i'm grateful for it because it taught me discipline and commitment and i also became like very fit <laughs> because and,
1: and Maggie was very fit. was very fit i was there Maggie and i met in Ateneo de manila university and while she was on the track and field team i was writing for the school paper I remember Meggie like a tightly coiled cobra, five foot flat, all muscle. Were you there in the Sinulog trip? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, in Sinulog, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hated that Sinulog trip for because we shared a boat half the boat was the track and field team and half the boat ah. was the school paper campus journalist oh my and God. then all of the school paper camp, we felt like, oh my gosh, hindi kami belong dito, kami lang walang abs. <laughs> <laughs> kasi kasi lahat kayo, lahat kayo, sobrang labas-labas yung abs niyo. Tapos, I remember this, the boat um, dropped anchor away mm-hmm. from the island. So we're like, yes, let's wait for the small bangka to take us yeah. to the island. And then mm-hmm. the track and field people said, let's jump into the water and race. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is why it's so shocking to me that, you know, you had all of these insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the outside, people wouldn't be able to tell.
0: I've been very insecure ever since I was a kid. Uh, mostly because like my sister was like she excelled in everything. And so like that made me insecure because I always compared myself to her. Um but I think that going into jujitsu, like I found something that was my own, you know? Like I guess I realized that I don't have to like keep trying to be like her because I'm a different person.
1: After ballet, football, and track and field, Maggie graduated from college with a degree in management. And she was asking herself a question we all must face. What's next?
0: I wanted to stay fit after college. So uh, one of my teammates um, from college in track and field asked me to try out MMA, mixed martial arts. And I was curious because he was telling me stories about it. And I love challenges. So it sounded so challenging. So I wanted to try it. Oh my gosh, I got addicted to it. (laughs) I would train every day and I wanted to fight. But the problem was at that time, there weren't too many small females that were doing MMA. So I couldn't really find opponents. I couldn't really compete. And so one of my coaches told me to try out jiu-jitsu because at least they're like, even if you compete against bigger people, it's a lot safer since there's no striking. Uh, so I tried jiu-jitsu in 2013.
1: I can imagine shifting from track and field to um, jiu-jitsu grappling. You're going from speed, then you're racing and your opponents, you're just leaving them behind to a sport where your opponent is up in your face. And it's so personal. How was that shift for you?
0: Honestly, like I'm actually quite surprised I like the sport because I'm not a very touchy person. So it was challenging in the beginning because in track and field sometimes you, you just need to think of one thing and then go. Ito parang and daming mong iisipen. You need like presence of mind the whole time, like every single move that your opponent does. Like don't you have to like think of how to counter it. But I guess I just enjoyed the challenge and. I just kept going. You know, I kept an open mind parang I'm like, okay, this is something you parang uncomfortable at first, but like eventually, um I ended up enjoying it.
1: What was the moment that made jiu-jitsu click for you? Was there one specific day or match or a spark that helped you fall in love with jiu-jitsu?
0: This spark probably was when I Won my first competition. <laughs> kasi nga, diba in track and field, I never really won. So <laughs> track and field din kasi, one of my hindrances was my size. Like, for example, running, ba? Yung, yung length ng stride mo, and even yung, like, yung makeup ng muscles mo. Eh, dito kasi jiu When I won, it's like, oh, kahit pala mala ita ko, or kahit pala parang, I don't have muscles that, you know, would make me win a gold medal as a sprinter kayang manalo ano <laughs> yun so parang i guess that's what made me it made me accept my body more for what it is what pushed you
1: to um take jiu jitsu from okay this is me trying to stay fit to mm-hmm. okay you know maybe i want to take this to the next level
0: so 2013 um that was when i joined my first local competition i started to win in the local scene uh, i was still a white belt though uh, so 2014 was the only time that I decided I'm going to pursue this full time. I was already like, what, 23? Turning 24 at that time. So I'm like, I'm going to miss my shot if I don't do this now. So <laughs> I took a leap of faith. I was in, in in a job that I loved also at that time. But I said, I can do this job uh, at any point in my life, but if I don't take this chance now of pursuing this sport, I'll miss my shot.
1: But to take that shot, Meggie would have to overcome logistical and financial barriers.
0: In 2013, there was no national team yet. So basically, if you wanted to pursue the sport, you're on your own. So um, afford naman, because I didn't really travel. But the challenge is, if you really want to take it to the next level, um, you're going to have to expose yourself to the best in the world. So I knew that if I wanted to progress in the sport, I had to train in our headquarters, which is in San Diego.
1: That is the headquarters of Atos Jiu-Jitsu, an international jiu-jitsu academy, and the club meggy is part of.
0: Of course, number one, you need a visa. I got rejected pa dun sa US visa ko kasi... I was a fresh grad and then I resigned from my job. I started my business, ng sister ko, so it wasn't so stable yet. I was just starting my career, so I couldn't really just um, look for sponsors ng white belt, pa lang ako. Wala pang international competition exposure. And then that's why I pursued crowdfunding. In
1: 2014, Maggie started a crowdfunding campaign to complete a month of training in San Diego, California and compete in the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation World Championships. She needed to cover her plane tickets, food, accommodation, transportation, and the competition registration fee. Meggy took to social media to share her story. In exchange for donations, she offered to thank people on social media, create a workout for them, and bring them back a souvenir from her travels. It's very daunting to do crowdfunding. Alam lalabas yung imposter syndrome mo eh, Na um sure sure ba ako, sa ginagawa ako yeah. ba? Like, are people really gonna show up for me? You
0: know, what was that like for you? You described it so well. <laughs> it is daunting. And I think the key was like knowing how to tell my story. And so I wrote down my story and I just launched it on social media. Again, of faith. <laughs> so I said, Kahit anong mangyari, might as well try, right? After 24 hours, I raised a good amount and I'm like, wow, parang I didn't expect. At that time, that was 2014. It's not yung much crowdfunding that time. It also shows that many people want to help. Um, sometimes, it's also about exposing them to the opportunity to help.
1: As the campaign gained steam, local media outlets featured her. More and more people discovered Maggie and wanted to help out and this gave Maggie more than she imagined not just funds but a growing sense of purpose
0: people were asking me na eh, hindi ba nakaka-pressure na alam mo yon nag-crowdfund ka tapos lalaban ka pero to me kasi that added to the motivation eh. the fact na i was a crowdfunded athlete kasi i wasn't just doing this for myself just the fact of being there, knowing that all of these people are behind you, I felt like it was a victory in itself, and it really added to like the reason why I wanted to win in that first world championship that I joined.
1: Finally, Maggie was on her way.
0: So I yeah, the training camp, it helped a lot. Um, it gave me confidence then entering into the world championship. Because I knew that I trained with the best in the world.
1: Athletes at the training camp were grouped according to weight and level. While Maggie wasn't able to grapple with many women in the same weight class, she did get to meet someone who gave her a new perspective.
0: I don't know if you've heard of Kyle Maynard, but he doesn't have legs and arms. But he does jiu-jitsu. So sometimes I would be grouped with him. Kasi nga, kung weight ang usapan, mas malapit yung weight ko sa kanya kaysa dun sa mga ibang tao. But, grabe, even being grouped with him, um, it helped a lot. As in, being inspired, seeing someone without legs and arms, like pushing himself so hard. And yung motto niya is no excuses.
1: The day she'd been training and crowdfunding for finally came. The IBJJF World Championship in Long Beach, California. May 2014.
0: I remember, like entering into the competition venue, looking around and grabe. Yun palang parang I felt like it was already a win. Parang, I can't believe I'm here, and I was just overflowing with gratitude. Hindi pa ako overflowing na nanalo, wa overflowing ako with gratitude by just being there and knowing, kasi na andaming ibang taong part of this. Like this is not my own. That was the first ever competition na I did not feel nervous at all which was weird was the first international competition na world championship the emotion I felt the most during that competition was excitement I went through the competition and then won gold and sobrang wala overflowing with joy lang talaga I was thinking about like, every single person that donated and supported that journey, kasi inisip ko na puhunan din nila yun eh. Kasi not everyone that donated was actually well-off. Pero tinulungan nila ako. Parang they actually saw the value in what I was pursuing. You crowdfunded several times after that. Mm-hmm. Parang naging part
1: na talaga ng journey mo as an athlete. As you know by now, Meggie's crowdfunding efforts paid off. It put her on the map of jujitsu, winning medal after medal after medal here and abroad. Even when things were at their toughest, she always drew her strength from the people who supported her.
0: 2016 Asian Beach Games, uh, it was in Vietnam. Um, It was my first time also cutting to 45 kilos. So I didn't really know how to cut weight yet at that time. I didn't do it well. So in the competition, I was exhausted. And in my finals match, I was going to go against someone who actually made the previous opponent bleed and not continue. So the finals match started. She just like threw me to the ground. I fell. She took my back and she was already choking me. <laughs> I'm like oh my goodness what's happening and then while I was in that choke I actually prayed <laughs> I prayed and then when I prayed that was when I like got back my presence of mind I started hearing my teammates my coaches and I just I got the strength to escape the choke and I recovered like an attacking position from being choked I was able to choke my opponent and won gold in that competition
1: What does that feel like now to look back on everything that has happened in the past nine years? um, The medals, the crowdfunding campaigns, the countries you've been to, everything that you've overcome.
0: It's beautiful to see how interconnected everything is and how, let's say, this event led to this, to this, to this. Oh, and this is the reason why this happened. It makes you appreciate also where you are now. Whether you're in a good spot or you're not in a good spot, just knowing what you have been through, it builds you as a person.
1: And now, a message from our sponsor. Women from across Southeast Asia have reclaimed and redefined womanhood by being great at what they do. At Go Hard Girls, we love to share the journeys of amazing Philippine athletes whose stories go beyond training to excel at their craft. Just like Maggie Ochoa. Champion nga. Children's advocate pa. Meggie proves that women are strong in more ways than one. And so we're excited that Meggie is one of four outstanding Southeast Asian women to be featured on Hershey's limited edition Celebrate Hershey Chocolate Bars this Women's Month. You can find these bars at leading supermarkets and convenience stores nationwide. Every purchase helps support the Girl Up initiative. A project by the United Nations Foundation, which empowers the youth with training, tools, and support to build their leadership skills and open doors to further growth. Make sure to check out the episode description to see the list of participating stores. This Women's Month and beyond, keep making the invisible visible. Celebrate the unsung heroes. Celebrate Hershey. And now back to the episode. If I could describe Meggie in just one sentence, I would say, Meggie has a heart for others. We heard her talk about being inspired by the people who donated to her crowdfunding campaign, the people she trained with for her first world championship, but this is also true outside sports. One of the things that I've observed about you is that your career history really shows this pattern of supporting social causes. Um, Your first job was at an NGO. You were pushing for sustainable tourism. What attracts you to this line of work?
0: I think my first influence of doing things to help others is probably my dad. We get random people doorbelling in our house. (laughs) <laughs> and asking for his help. And as I grew in my faith also, the deeper I grew in my faith, that has also changed like my intentions for doing things. And it's all about loving God and loving others. And then the self is always last.
1: What led you to discover the issue of um, children experiencing abuse, children at risk? In
0: 2015, I won... The World Championship the second time, and that's when I started thinking more about why am I doing this? I mean, perhaps. So what am I doing? <laughs> I kept asking that question, and there was this one random night of November in 2015 now I was just browsing through the internet and I saw an article about a child that experienced sexual violence like multiple times. Um and it really shocked me that this was actually happening to children and I researched more about that issue, and I discovered how rampant it is in our country. I couldn't sleep for several nights because of that article. I just felt like, is there anything that I can do? I had a conversation with one of the mothers of the children that we teach in Jiu-Jitsu. That mother was also like burdened for the same issue. They were rescuing someone from, that was undergoing that issue and then the father of the family, na yun, he was in process of also starting an NGO during that time. So he was pretty much the one that was mentoring me um, in terms of um, Fight to Protect. Parang how to. He exposed me to, to the right people. He introduced me to, their, to his network. And then he was actually the one who introduced me to Safe Haven, which was the first shelter that we taught jiu-jitsu to.
1: Fight to Protect is Meggie's organization that uses sports to empower children who have experienced sexual abuse. They partner with children's shelters like Safe Haven to train survivors in martial arts. And the first time you
0: thought, was it focused on self-defense or was it focused on self-confidence? So we taught the kids jujitsu, but also in a way that was sensitive to their trauma. Because you know, Jiu-Jitsu is a, it's a contact sport. So that one, of course, I had to consult with experts, about How I can do it in a safe way for them. And I taught it as a sport, but it mas a lang, like, easing them into the contact. And eventually, they were even, like, ready to compete. Na. So I think that was what brought them the confidence. You know, like, also experiencing not just the sport, but the community behind the sport also. Like, having these atis and kuyas, who were there also, like, supporting them in their journey.
1: What is it like, you know, watching these children change and grow?
0: One particular instance where I really saw the change was them facing their court hearing. Because when you are a child who experienced trauma and who has a case that is ongoing, um, facing your court hearing is like a re-traumatization experience. So, I was talking to the, the owners of the home that they were staying in, and they were telling me how, like, before they did jujitsu, jitsu parang, they literally did not even want to enter the courtroom. As in, they would, like, scream, running out. They couldn't, kasi they were, they were gonna free to their perpetrators, ba? But, yun nga, when they did jujitsu, um, we did see a change. Like, what I did kasi was, they asked me to come in one of the court hearings. So, um, actually, it wasn't just me. There were also other coaches there. Um, so, we kind of treated it like a competition. So, parang may pep talk, alam mo yon, And then, sa competition kasi we give them honey as a pre-workout. Parang, alo, para gising yung mind. So, yun, binigyan din namin sila nga honey bago sila pumasak dun sa courtroom. So, they were able to enter the courtroom. They were able to speak and answer the questions that they needed to answer. I think... What I saw was life-changing, not just for them, but actually for me also. Realizing now wow, this sport actually had that kind of an impact in their lives. And I saw now wow, God, you're actually using this sport to help others. And
1: how big is Fight to Protect these days? So you started off with one place, right? Safe Haven. And then where have you taken it? And how many children have you worked with?
0: So it started out teaching just one home, and then um, it kind of grew. Nung 2018 into like an awareness raising thing, and then nung pandemic, then since the issue of online sexual exploitation of children grew, it became about that, and then about like helping prevent and helping the survivors also. So nung pandemic it grew because we were able to partner with shelters online. Kung we had online jujitsu sessions. So we were able to like reach out to more shelters. We're down to 3 now and we decided na we don't really want to grow muna in size but we want to grow in depth. Like we want to like really focus on developing these children rather than helping more and more and more and then like mas mababaw yung tulong na magagawa namin. Pretty soon we're looking at actually developing a competition team. As in, like, really developing children. Because there may may potential talaga. As in, uh, I can see na if they continue, they can become national athletes. Imagine, like, coming from trauma and then living in a shelter and then becoming a national athlete. And that's the dream. For you, why is it important for athletes
1: to be more than athletes and to take up um, a cause and use their platform for a cause.
0: I'm not saying that na every single athlete has to do it. Because it, it depends on like, whatever they're exposed to or an yung strengths nila. Because I believe that every single person is gifted differently. And I do know that um, if there's something that uh, bothers you to the point that um, you cannot function unless there's something concrete that you do about it, then you should. And as an athlete, um, you are gifted with a platform. You're gifted with a community. So I think that being someone who has been a recipient of that support, I think that it's just right to also provide some kind of support to give back. Naman. Sometimes it's even just about... You know, even helping one person sometimes that's that's what you're called to do, and that does not discount the fact that you still help.
1: Advocacies grow best when people work together. A single voice can grow into a community and a community can flourish with the help of those who recognize the efforts on the ground then provide resources and a wider platform for the work to reach more people in need more people to inspire this year meggy is one of several sheroes in the celebrate hershey campaign hershey's chocolate is shining the spotlight on inspiring women by featuring them on their famous chocolate bars have you seen the chocolate bar already? Have you seen your face yeah. on it?
0: <laughs> yes, it's funny because uh, the lo- the campaign was first launched in another country in Thailand. People started sending me pictures like people from Thailand, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's actually out! And I'm like, wow, I cannot believe I am on a chocolate bar. <laughs> I bought one already. Of course,
1: celebrate Hershey goes far beyond that.
0: Yes, so um, this Women's Month, they're highlighting untold stories of various women from around Southeast Asia. And I'm so blessed to actually be part of this campaign of theirs.
1: The campaign is also going to be helping the Girl Up UN initiative. Uh, As someone who has supported social causes, what does it mean to you to be part of a campaign that is... Um, working with an international initiative and expanding your impact now to help more girls in different countries.
0: So it's overwhelming to think. Now, wow, parang and dami pang ibang pwedeng mas matulungan because of this. I do hope that um, the girls that um, experience the benefits of this campaign, I hope that um, they too um, eventually might end up helping others as well. Yeah, and this also will bring more attention to jujitsu. It will bring more attention to Fight to Protect. And what does that mean to you? It means a lot. Especially because this is the biggest year for jujitsu so far. When I saw the chocolate bar, I'm like, siguro ang iisipin na una nung mga makita ng chocolate bar would be, ay, karatista to, or ay, taekwondo. Kasi those are the like very popular martial arts, diba Basamakita na no, nakakimono yun yung una nilang iisipin. Pero, there's like a QR code there, like if you want to know more. So, when they scan that QR code and then they see more about our sport, you know, I, I'm imagining how it could build curiosity. And especially to girls, din sa QR code na yun, They also talked about Fight to Protect there. And more people will also know about the advocacy. I hope na it creates even more connections some student
1: is going to find this in the same way that you were once a student-athlete. And it might,
0: yes. you know, it
1: might set them on the path of, I want to take this professional, yes. I want to shoot for the national team after I graduate, the same way that Maggie did. The campaign of Hershey's is all about celebrating unsung heroes. you know, women who um, are doing amazing things but maybe not a lot of people know about. Um,
0: who's your personal Shiro? The first one there is my mother. <laughs> she's the kind of person who would really give her best in everything that she does. Even now, like, she's a senior citizen. Pa siya, uh doing the jobs that she continues to do now, even if she's retired. And then there is, well, also one of my mentors from our club in San Diego, si Angelica Galvao. Because I see, like, how she cares for the team. Like, she's kind of like a mother also to the team, or the jiu-jitsu team.
1: And, you know, I think women athletes in the Philippines in general are also sheroes. Yes. Because so many women athletes are doing amazing things and people don't yet know about them. Exactly. Maggie's career has had its ups and downs, but the highs have been sweet. She began a successful career with the support of a community that believed in her before she had even made a name for herself. She established an organization that is giving vulnerable children valuable life skills and, who knows, maybe even a future in professional jiu-jitsu. And now, she serves as an inspiration to unsung heroes everywhere including women in sports. Now,
0: what's next for Meggy? So there's sea games in May and I'm competing in no gi, which um, I don't normally do. <laughs> so again, this is a risk. Gi
1: refers to the traditional kimono uniform worn in jiu-jitsu. Competing no gi, or without the traditional uniform, means using a different set of grappling techniques.
0: And it's also in a higher weight class. So it's much higher than my actual weight, so I'm going to bulk up till May. <laughs> then Asian Games, I haven't won gold, so I want to go for gold this Asian Games. And then Asian Indoor martial Arts Games, of course, um, I want to like, win gold again as I did in 2017. And the IBJJF World Championships, as a black belt, I want to win a gold there. That's the same World Championship I joined as a white belt to protect. I want to focus on the children that we have now and seeing where they can actually go talaga.
1: There are going to be a lot of young girls listening to this episode. And what's your advice for them on finding your purpose?
0: Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, like I said, the most important part of myself is my faith. And that's also how I found my purpose. When I got to know the Lord, when I got to know Christ, I found out through His Word that our purpose as human beings is to bring glory to the Lord. Now the next question is, how do we do that? And now that depends on your context. So you may be uh, not an athlete. You may be um, a journalist like Siege. (laughs) You may have different interests. But wherever you are, there is a way for you to maximize whatever you have. Wherever you are, you're there for a purpose. And wherever you are, nobody has nothing. You already have something to start with. Look where you are. See what you have. See the community that surrounds you. See what makes your heart ache. And then take a step back and reflect on that. Don't rush it. Sometimes it takes time for you to discover like what you're made for. And keep an open mind. You are your own person. You're different from the people around you and I hope that you see that Uh, you're made in a unique way and you can make an impact in a unique way as well. Complete the sentence.
1: For me, a go-hard
0: girl is... For me, a go-hard girl is someone who takes risks and who gives everything that she has and makes the most of what she has in order to help others.
1: This episode was hosted by me, Siege Dentenko. Produced by me, Nina Toralba.
0: And edited by me, Joe Salcedo.
1: If you learned something new this episode, please rate us with 5 stars on your podcast app. It really helps more people discover the stories we do and helps introduce more people to our amazing Filipina athletes. What was your favorite part of this episode? Share your favorite Meggie Ochoa code on social media. And don't forget to tag us at underscore GoHardGirls on Twitter and Instagram and GoHardGirlsPH on TikTok and Facebook. You can also tag me at Siege the Day. That's C-E-E-J, the day. Again, happy Women's Month! Once again, thank you to Hershey's for celebrating Unsung Shiro's and sponsoring today's episode. Grab a limited edition bar featuring Maggie Ochoa from leading supermarkets and convenience stores nationwide. See our episode description for the full list of stores.